So there's a moment that day on the Sunday that you went by the pit and you're riding in, I don't know, seven or eighth and you're like 45 seconds back or, or sometime behind. And, and you, look, you looked at me in the pits and, and you gave me a really, really excited smile about like, hey, game on, let's go. And I think everybody in the pit also noticed and everybody just started laughing and went, uh-oh. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Muddy Mondays. Uh, I am Magalie Rochette, and you are? <laughs> I am David. We are back for season two of the Muddy Mondays, and the most clever among you all are going to notice that it's actually Tuesday. So we're starting the Muddy Mondays on a Tuesday, and that will actually lead us into telling you a little bit about what we want to do with the Muddy Mondays this year. So Dave, what, how are we approaching this second season this year? We're going to muddy the whole week. Um, <laughs> no, so we're not going to do a podcast every day. That's not what I mean by we're going to muddy the whole week. But we um, we realized we put a lot on our plate with content and, and contracts and media and, and reels and images and posts and newsletter and podcasts and all of that stuff. And maybe that took a little bit away from the racing itself um, in the past couple of years. And so this year, our focus is for both Magali and I to be 100% uh, focused on racing and doing the best we can at the races. And so these Muddy Mondays, um, I, I also, as you'll hear later, we've, we're changing a bit how we're doing things in terms of logistical setup. Uh, so Monday becomes... Um, Maybe a bit of a busy day sometimes for us, sometimes just a day that we travel all day. And so it'll be harder to get these out on Mondays most of the time. But hey, they'll be out. It might be Monday night. It might be Tuesday. It might even be Thursday. We'll muddy one day. Um, and, you know, as I said, this will not be our main priority again for, for this season. So there will be a bunch of episodes. But, you know, don't be hanging at your at your phone uh, Monday morning, 6 a.m. For, for, for a new episode. And that brings us, I think, to, um, I mean, the start of the season. So we started the season in Roanoke last week. We raced this weekend in Rochester. So the first two rounds, actually four rounds because it's two races per weekend. But the first four rounds of the U.S. Cyclocross series are already done. Um, and... We thought we it, would... It went by crazy fast, too. It went by really fast, and we're already, I mean, in two days, leaving for the third stop in Charm City at Baltimore. So, I mean, I'll just, like, rewind a little bit, and we want to give you a little bit of an idea, you know, just, like, bring you into our own, our little journey into the cyclocross season, tell you a little bit about our goals, how we're approaching this season, how we felt at the start of this season, and... Um, I mean, David touched on it a little bit when he talked about how we want to approach the, the Muddy Mondays, how we are putting 100% of our energy into the actual racing. Um, I think that that stems from last year, which was a little bit of a challenging year for us in terms of illness and injury and health issues. And that carried over all the way until this year. Too. Exactly. So it carried over. And I mean, we did actually managed to do a few, I think two good months of cyclocross racing in Europe last year, but 
David uses the analogy of the phone that's just 10% charge, you know, like sometimes you plug your phone for a little bit, um, you have maybe 10% and it's really not long until it dies. So that's kind of what happened for us last year. We recharged a little bit in the fall. Um, I mean, even when the phone is charged at only 10%, it still works normal. So we worked normal for the two months, but it quickly died. And so in the spring, we had to take care of our health again. Um, Then I had some back issues, which we had to take care of again. And then we actually got back on the bike mid-July to prepare for the cyclocross season. Um, But we are learning from our mistakes from the past and we are changing how we we're trying to be more careful of how we use our energy um so we realize that it's a limited amount and you know there are some things that we really care about we do want to represent our sponsors well we do want to bring content to elevate the sport or at least just like talk about the sport that we love um but ultimately we want to put our energy into the craft of racing and doing what we can to be our be- the best version of ourselves there. And also, we old. Yeah, we you know, old. We're get, we're, we're, I mean, we, we say this laughing oftentimes, but we've been doing this for, for almost 15 years now, um, 10 years full-time on the road. Um, I'm, I'll be 36 years old in two months. Mags just turned 30. And so we're getting older and it's not a secret that our energy is um, not as our energy and excitement to hit the road is probably maybe not as high as it was 10 years ago. Um, so so this, yeah, this is this is kind of how we're approaching the season, trying to really concentrate our energy into things that we can do good quality at whether that's content so maybe we're skipping a week of podcast but we promise the next one's going to be really good you know and that's kind of how we approach the races as well yeah and i think like getting old it's not necessarily bad like it it just meant for us that we had to change the way we do things a little bit you know and so we are like Dave mentioned, like our excitement is not the same. It's true. But I think like what happened this summer is, is we really started with a blank slate and we're like, okay, actually, what do we want to do? What do we love? What's an, what's an irritant now that wasn't before? And how can we make the best of this new situation that we're in? And I think what we realized is like the excitement for the actual racing is still there. The excitement for trying to be the best racer that we can be is still there. The excitement for spending eight weeks on the road for our quote-unquote local races in North America before spending another three months in Europe, harder a little bit for us. It's nice at home. It's really nice for us. I mean, yeah, so so those things are changing and we realize there is a way to do it that we can still do what we love and kind of diminish the things that are, you know, taking a toll a little bit more. Um, the other thing about being older, we have more experience. So the question is like, how do we use it? You know, that's one thing that you've been talking about a little bit. Yeah, I think it's, you know, people speak a lot about experience. And, oh, you have so much experience. Oh, you have so much experience. But experience is... is um, I mean, it's not a given, you know, you do something, yes, you can learn, yes, you can com- completely go besides what you should learn and learn something that that's not right at all. 
you can have a backpack full of experience. Um, and imagine those are, those are like tools, you know? I could have a backpack full of tools, which is your experience. But if you don't open the damn backpack and look into it once in a while, you will just add the same tool twice, three, four times, and that backpack just becomes a heavy burden that you're not even using. So we kind of sat down and dug into that backpack, you know, got in there and say, what is this? What is, what did we learn? What did we do? Do we need this? Do we, do we, should we get rid of that double hammer that we have in there? Um, what more tools do we need to bring and what are the ones that we really want to apply this season? And so I think um, having experience is one thing, using it is a whole other thing. And so I think this year, the way we're doing things, we're really focusing on on using the experience that we've gathered and making the best of the things that we'll decide to do. Absolutely. So I think to resume all of this, I think we're actually really excited about this new season. And it to me, it feels like a fresh start. Like it kind of, yeah, I, I think this you know, the hard year that we had last year is kind of uh, allowed us to do a proper reset. And now we're starting with fresh goals, fresh energy. Um, I actually feel so much more energized than the past. I'm mentally fresher and sharper and more excited. Um, so I think it's really positive in the end. So yes, it took a summer of no racing at all. It took some hardship and some questioning moments but i think in the end uh, we're in a good spot to start the season fresh start fresh new partner as well uh we've got new bikes uh which is our major main partner canyon bicycle we moved to canyon in april and so it's been you know this may seem like nothing for for people that that are not into pro cycling but but changing bikes and changing people with who you work and changing the way things are shipped and changing the, the everything. For us, this is our everything. For us, this is our everyday job, nine to five. And think about it as changing jobs, you know. Even though we're doing the same job, we're changing complete as if you were working at Sony and now you're working at Apple, you know, or, or something like that. And so for us, that was a lot of um, a lot of adjustment too during this year. Um now we the bikes the cross bikes are great uh you love them they're easy we've had zero mechanicals with them so far knock on wood um we're i mean dialed they're we're dialed we've got all we've got all we need and so it really does feel like a fresh start and um you will not say it but i'll say it it would be great to start the season with four wins undefeated so far um so yeah what's um Let's let's if we you know we can wrap up a little bit on on Rochester Rochester and Roanoke weekend. Um, what did you like from those weekend? What was your favorite things? Mm, all right, so quickly, uh, one of my if, if people want more details of the race, they can go on GCN. You can watch the whole race; it's super well filmed. And so let's not go into the details, but let's just go into you what you really enjoyed from those weekends. Yeah. There's three things that come to mind. So I'll do them. I'll go through them quickly. Roanoke was the first weekend. Um, the, the truth is I didn't know how my fitness was compared to the other people. It, we had a very different lead up in terms of training to towards the, the beginning of the season. So didn't know how I would feel. And turns out we had two clean races where I felt powerful. I felt like I was riding really well. So that gave me confidence. 
uh, that was a highlight for me, just knowing that, okay, we're on the right track. Second highlight, and we'll dive more into that in a few minutes, but we changed our setup and we've been hanging out at the tent with the Cervelo Orange Living Team. That is a team that Chris McGovern, our good friend, started. They have three under 25 riders. Uh, those are Sydney McGill, Jules Van Kampen, and Kaya Musgrave. And their, their crew is just really fun. And to me, being with people around the races is really is really really fun and refreshing and energizing in the past few years we've done it mostly the two of us which is awesome but also sometimes it gets lonely when i wait in the trailer for three hours by myself so having people to exchange ideas to mess around with to, to chat to hang out it's been really fun and so i'm super grateful for those guys to uh, welcome us under the tent so that and that's another highlight for me and the third highlight is Rochester day two. So that's Sunday. We had some, we had some rain. Um, I had some mistakes. I made a bunch of mistakes initially and found myself pretty far back in the race. So I, I was really excited to be placed in a position like that where I had, I was challenged, I was under pressure and it was like, okay, like, how are you going to respond to that? Because the first three races I had been working super hard, but still riding by myself most time. Um, so it was really fun to be put under pressure so much by Isabella Holmgren and having a one-on-one -on -one battle and really having to dig deep mentally, physically, but also tactically on how I would manage. And turns out I was able to take the win, but for me, that was just like a really fun battle, really fun race. Um, really what I love about racing, like when it takes everything you have to figure out how to make it happen. So Those are my three highlights. I think there's a moment in uh, Rochester day two when it started raining and every everybody everything gets a little bit chaotic. Like, what do you change? Tire pressure? How many bikes do you bring? Da, 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 da. And then so so that was super exciting. But then there's a moment in the race where after you, I think what happened, people who watched the race think it was a drop chain. And um, what it really was is you knocking the bike on the barrier and on the ground. It was my fault. So so the bike kind of the when that happens, sometimes it just creates pressure and 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 lo loosens up the chains and and puts then some pressure differently on the bike and then the chain uh got inside the chain catcher um but it was not from equipment malfunction it was from just being rider malfunction being a little rough on the equipment yeah. but then you were so there's a moment that day on the sunday that you went by the pit and you're riding in i don't know seven or eight and you're like 45 seconds back or, or sometime behind And and you look you looked at me in the pits and, and you gave me a really really excited smile and it was the first time this season because not not to disrespect anyone or not to to, to to brag but the other races you won fairly easily um, you know with uh, with minute to two minutes lead uh, in the races so you were not challenged to the level that you are in in some other races you know it was pretty straightforward wins from the gun. Uh, 30 seconds lap one and then held it. I mean, not so, easily because I worked hard, but I just want... But, but not it's as different to ride not really, not, alone. Not yeah. super challenged. And then, and there you were 45 seconds back and I saw you gave me a really excited smile about like, hey, game on, let's go. And I think everybody in the pit also noticed and everybody just started laughing and went, uh-oh, it's not looking good for the folks out front. And so I, th I thought that was a cool moment because it's been a while since you were in that state of like, okay, let's get it. 
yeah. you know so so that was fun for me to see well th- th- yeah i mean it was it was actually really cool but what happened though is like i i ended up catching up to the first group and then got away with isabella holmgren who by the way like for those following she's the current junior world champion cyclocross and mountain bike so i got away with her and then i mean the rain was starting to pour harder and i was struggling like the cleats were packing up and stuff and so at some point like I was struggling with my everything and then I crashed and she got away a little bit and at first I was like okay no big deal I'll catch up then I crashed again and I was like okay like now it's not looking good <laughs> like now there's like two and a half laps to go she has like a 25 seconds and I'm just sitting on the ground here like crashing left and right so for a second I thought okay well I'll get second and then I was like wait wait like No, you know, I've been telling that I wanted to be put in a position under pressure. Now I am. Let's go. And so, like, I I was happy to have this kind of internal conversation and be able to beat myself on that one. (laughs) So, yeah, that was my highlight. What about you? Like, can you talk to us about first, like, the setup that we're changing? Because logistics side of things, Dave takes care a lot. So, What's our new setup? Why did we change? And after that, yeah, after that, we can ask your highlights of the first two weekends. Yeah, so I think, I, well, I mean, the, the, I'll make it simple. The change of setup is my highlight. That's just that's as easy as that. So let's dig into the change of setup. Um, in the past, we've had different different versions of our setup from a, a full-on sprinter to a, you know, like a half-ton truck with a 30-feet trailer and 92 billion bikes in there. And, and everything we need in case of a nuclear attack during a cyclocross race. Um, but that became, and this is a two, this is a two person production. It's a one man show behind the scene. And that became a lot, you know, where I had back issues. I had also motivation issues and just, I was really tired of loading, unloading, packing. If you own an RV or an RV trailer, you know that this stuff is always broken and there's always something to do. When it works well, it's great. But truth is, rarely everything works. There's always something with your fucking propane or your battery or some hot water heater or some shit like that. And so so that became pretty heavy for me. And so we saw when we came back from when you pulled out of Rochester last year and said, you know, that's it for this year. We came home and the first thing we did, we sold everything, sold the truck, sold the trailer, sold all the, the compressor generate all that stuff we got rid of all of that we kept the bare minimum that we need for racing and we said you know if we're going to do this again we're going to find another way uh so this year the whole summer i was looking for 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 people for someone to actually drive so we reduced our setup to a, a just a small sprinter so the smallest version of the sprinter and we said we'll bring whatever we can fit in there um, and that's going to be it, you know, we'll do with it. And the worst case scenario, if we need help, we'll just pay people over the weekend to come over and help us or pay people to be under their setup or pay, you know, just hire people, hire just, people yeah. and, and to make it easy for us. And so I was trying to find someone to drive our own setup, uh, at the races, go to all these us races so that we could fly in and out, um, financially it's about the same thing you know for us to rent a house for the week and stay in an airbnb between all the races or fly back and forth home it's pretty much the same budget but it allows us to spend more time at home uh and not pack on pack repack more but for, for that to happen we still need a lot of stuff at the races and so we needed someone to drive our, our setup around 
So I, I went around and asked friends and asked other teams. And, and at some point I was speaking with Chris um, about something else. Chris is building his house in, um, in the Pacific Northwest. And we were just chatting about his new team and how things were going along. And we've spent a fair amount of time together in Europe. So Chris has just become a friend. And so he mentioned, you know, being like not really certain if he's going to bring a trailer for the team or just having a sprinter. Maybe the trailer was a little too big. And so we, I asked him like, Hey, would you bring our stuff to all the races and we could pay the team to do so and, and we can hang out with you guys. And so he said, didn't hesitate one second and said, yep, let's do that. That'll be great. And so Chris's new team, Cervelo Orange Living, which you'll hear from in a bit, um, are carrying your bikes, Two bikes your wheels, wheels. Uh, a big Evoc duffel bag full of spare parts and spare challenge tubulars and spare everything we could need. We've got a cooler in there with everything for hot temperature. We've got some all our feedback sports stuff, so repair stand, trainer, uh, tools, my pit backpack, our, our rain gear. Everything's in there, and these guys, they have a whole setup, so they have the tents, they have, we purchased chairs on the table to put in it to, to, for me to work on, but they have compressor, generator, water tank, pressure washer, the whole thing, they have all of that, and they take care of setting it up, which for me, that's the highlight, like we put the last two weekends, we pulled in at the venue with our little carry-on, everything was set up, we just walk in, say hi to everybody, set up my own little workstation. The bike, the, the guys are so good. I mean, Charlie, Charlie is one of their mechanics and, and we, we all get along well, um, with these guys, but I mean, Charlie's super motivated and he even rewashed your bikes during the week, you know, which we didn't ask him, but he went ahead and did. And so for, for me, for us to show up, you know, fly in kind of the last minute ish, enjoy the time at home, be at the races, 100% not having to me, it's, it makes it easier for me to focus on the racing. I don't have to build the tents, the walls, the blah, 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 plug yeah. everything. So it's easier for me to be there available for you for the racing. Um, I mean, that's I, definitely my highlight. I think ultimately it's also sharing resources. I, th you know, like Chris is there with his team, but there's, they are also sharing resources with the bear development team. And then we are here. And last year, the booger team was there also. So it's just, they have the space, they have the mechanics um, and it's sharing, sharing the resources. So maybe we chip in into their program, but ultimately it makes for three less trailers on the road, you know, and it's just, I think, simplifying by sharing. Uh, and I think everyone wins in that. And definitely we are very grateful to be with them because I think there's a lot to be gained in terms of relationships as well. It's just really fun to be around them. So yeah, I think simplicity might be our word <laughs> for the season. We're trying to simplify everything that we're doing, um, reduce a little bit, reduce the clutter, reduce the excess that we had and just focus on really the, the basics and the necessary. Um, and for me, that's been, yeah, that's been just, uh, liberating maybe. Um, so yeah, I think also they met, they mentioned, uh, Chris's team that they mentioned that it was, and you will not, you will not say that, but I will, but they, they mentioned that it was nice to have you around as well. You know, you're the most experienced cyclocross racer in North America right now. 
Um, I think the winningest that's still racing too. And for you to share with the girls, with with Jewel over there, and and just be open with them and go out and pre-ride with them and act as a bit of a mentor, uh, quote unquote. Um, they I, they I think they appreciate. I don't I don't think they said they appreciate it as well. So I think everybody's winning in, in that sense. You know? Yeah. So it's been really fun, and I just like. Uh, and then we'll move to the snippets because we want to introduce them to your to this team when we have little snippets with them. Just one more thing, like to uh, add on to what you were saying is, you know, when we mentioned that we want to be home, I guess it's like what we say by that, because I think it's hard to understand sometimes, but normally every year September would come in and over the, like for some years, it was awesome to spend like the September and October fully on the road. But I think the last two seasons, what it was for me is like this date of departure in like September 10th was kind of looming uh, and being pretty scary, not scary, but stressful for me because it's usually we would start, we'd leave our house September 10 and then do the first North American block. And usually we would come back home maybe November 5th. Then we would be home for three days, pack all the house, like prepare it for winter and then leave home until mid-February. And so mostly, it, it always felt like a rush to get everything done before September 10th, knowing that we wouldn't come home until basically February, half, like midway through February. Yeah. And it became like this big thing looming that was super stressful for me. So coming back makes it just m so much more manageable and you know, we can eat better food, like all these things, it makes a big difference. Yeah, it, it, it for us, that date of like leaving for two months on the road in the US also meant that everything had to be ready for the day we're leaving because we didn't for Europe, know, you mean. For, no, for, oh. for US, like yeah. we didn't know we were going to be on the road. So, so think of like, we have maybe, a, we have a dozen partners that we need equipment or, or things from. And so that would mean that in the months before we left for the US races, We had to get all of that dialed while, you know, be while this period being the most important for training for the season. And so we would like, because the day we're leaving, say September 10th, because you use that date, that's it. We're in rental houses and we can't really get anything shipped because we don't know how long we're going to be there. If the package doesn't make it, we lose it forever because we're moving on always to this next other location. And so for the whole month of August, it was like this chaos for me of trying to get all the bikes ready trying to do the trainings with you but then also store the hoses at the house because it's about to freeze and clean the yard and and you know isolate the basement and do all this stuff because we're and trying to see all our people like all our family in august before leaving because we won't see them until february or march so yeah so, <laughs> so like now a, a very a, a very you know a very real example is that we needed a couple things from from SRAM Zip and, and Anna at SRAM Zip shipped them last week and we got home from Roanoke and we had the packages on, on the porch and well, I'll take care of them this week and life goes on so it's a bit more mellow we kind of spread um, spread all our Europe preparation over the, the, the US season versus having to plan for the next six months, you know, and have everything be ready for the next six months, September 10th. So, yeah. So again, simplicity, reducing just feels uh, easier for us. So I think, I think you have it. That's basically our season prep. Um, that's how the first two, two, two weekends went. 
we're happy, feeling good. We want to keep building on that fitness, but we have a good base, I think. Anything else you'd like to add? It looks like you were about to say something. I mean, I think if we don't answer that question, we're going to get it a thousand times by email. So are we going to Europe? And when are we going to Europe? <laughs> we are going. Um, when? The truth is we have nothing booked yet. Uh, we booked a house at Watersley for December. random dates. We have not confirmed dates yet. Uh, we have not booked the camper van so far and we have not booked flights. And so we're waiting to see how Trek World Cup goes. And from there, uh, we've started looking at, at calendar options and stuff in, in November. Truth is, we have a 90-day visa. We can't stay longer than 90 days. So the earliest we could go would be November uh, 6th or 7th-ish to make sure we have enough days to stay until Worlds. Um, are we going on those dates? to be confirmed so stay tuned in the next muddy mondays to know what we're gonna do but we will be in europe at some point um all right let's anything else yeah if if, if you have a uh, questions as we did last year send them my way david at magadi rochette.com so that's david at my wife's full name.com <laughs> And on that note, we are going to go to the snippets. We're going to hear from the Cervelo Orange Living team. Um, yeah. And other than that, I mean, I, I forgot to say it, but in the highlights in Rochester, we had our two friends, Rue and Lael Wilcox, that were there. To They came to cheer in Rochester. And Rue is an amazing filmmaker, artist. And she did make a really cool video edit of... Um, the two days of racing in Rochester. So if you want to see that, it's on YouTube and on Instagram. But I think I think it's worth it. She made some. She made it look really beautiful. So another highlight: seeing our friends, our good friends at a cyclocross race. And on that note, here are the snippets. Thank you all for listening, and we will catch you next week after Charm City Cyclocross. Thank yeah. you. It's a Sunday morning, eleven. AM, it might rain, and uh, we just got to the venue, and Sydney McGill came out of her RV with a really nice fresh brewed coffee and a little piece of chocolate for Chris McGovern. Uh, so we're with Chris right now, and this is the vibe of the team you created. I think this sets it well. Um, yeah. yeah, can you talk about this team a little bit? Uh, I mean, this team, we're kind of doing the, I'm trying to create opportunities for under 25 riders. You know, it's like we have, in this country, we have, we got the kids on bikes, right? They're everywhere. Yeah. Nike, we have talent. We go race internationally. We do pretty good. And then there's nothing, you know, it's, it's sad. So I've been trying to do this for a, a long time. A couple of iterations. I had a team called uh, Rad Racing Sonic. I had a team called Top Club. And now this. And um, we're here. We made it to the first race weekend. We had an amazing day yesterday. And so we're just going to keep taking it forward. Yep. That's pretty much it. Awesome. And can you briefly talk about the three riders on the team? So we talked about Sydney McGill already, but like just yeah. a little bit. We've got Sid McGill, which is just, uh, we're, we're so happy to have her in the program. You know, so experienced uh, already at such a young age. Um, and then we have Jules Van Kampen, who is uh, two, he has two passports, a Dutch and an American passport. Races, lives in America. Um, second at U23 Nationals last year, and he's a last year U23. So perfect candidate uh, for our program. Interested heavily in racing in Europe and progressing in Europe as well. So we're 
hopefully we can be the bridge for that. Uh, and Kaya Musgrave is our first year U23, and she is, uh, you know, she was junior national champion last year. And so first year female U23 racing the elites, that's a tough space. Yep. So we just want to give them all space to, like, do their training, find their rhythms, find their routines, grow, learn, grow, learn, grow, learn, not just like, you are getting winning. You know, we really want to give them space um, with support. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. I mean, it's awesome. And thanks for letting us hang out with you guys. <laughs> I feel I feel like having you guys here only uh, elevates the environment, but also, you know, we can... Your, your experience is uh, the most possible so it's like if if someone wants to come ask you a question you're in the in the lounge like uh, it's in the lounge. yeah <laughs> well we couldn't decide if we were going to call it the village or the lounge i like the lounge do you like the lounge yeah yeah okay <laughs> well thank you that's thank awesome you guys. Yeah. yeah it's super cool yeah awesome you guys heard uh you heard chris speak about the new team but what about the riders who are you I'm Kaya Musgrave, I'm 17 years old, and I'm a first year U23. Awesome, and Kaya, is this your first professional team? Yeah, it totally is. You know, we have a good setup and new team and everything, and yeah, it's the first one, and I'm stoked for it. Nice. Where Where are you from? I'm from Littleton, Colorado. Oh, nice. That's yeah. cool. We have a... Do you know Valdek? I don't know. He don't. No. <laughs> he was a, he's a giant team manager now, but he was the Cliff Pro team or the Luna Pro team manager way back in the past. He's from Littleton, Colorado oh, super as well. Cool. Yeah, I think I was yeah. talking to Mags about that and uh, she was saying that she rode like near Red Rocks Amphitheater. Yeah, we That's actually like right we, we really we stayed yeah. there. I don't remember the name is one of those gated neighborhoods. We stayed we stayed yeah, in there yeah. where the trails are. So awesome. Um, what's your race calendar looking like for the season? Yeah, so I think we'll hit the entire USCX series, uh, Pan Ams Nationals, and then we'll see about the Waterloo World Cup, and then uh, maybe some Europe trips at some point, too. Awesome. And so far, what's your favorite piece of equipment that you got? Because you got, I know you got like a luggage full of stuff probably <laughs> in the past week. What's your favorite bit? Yeah, I think my favorite part is just the bikes. You know, they're something new, and I really like how they're riding. So, yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Kaya. Yeah, thank you. Okay, I was about to leave and then I noticed something special. Can you, um, Kaya, can you tell me what, what exactly is going on? Okay, so I'm eating my rice and eggs for the race out of a, a deli turkey bag because um, <laughs> we had to check out of our Airbnb today. So this is what we had. I mean, this whole thing looks very professional. Just this little bit looks a bit like a hobo, but, <laughs> but it's all good. <laughs> And welcome back to Hoboville. We've got rider number two from the Cervelo Orange Living yep. team. Orange Living. Yep. Uh, this is Jules Van Kempen. And tell me what you're eating. I'm currently eating some pancakes with jelly in a uh, Swiss cheese Kroger bag. <laughs> There's no cheese though. It's just a bag. No, the cheese is all gone. <laughs> the... Um, the shit looks dry. If, if I'm honest, the shit looks dry. It's, it's a little dry. <laughs> <laughs> I have maple syrup in the car if you want. Mm, that might be good. <laughs> There's not enough jelly on there. <laughs> we, have, we also have jelly in the car, so we could get that. Awesome. <laughs> Jules, uh, tell me. Tell me about this team. Tell me about your season. Tell me about you. 
Yeah, um, I live outside of Boulder, Colorado. Um, Chris has been coaching me for the last couple of years and came to me with this team, and it honestly sounded pretty awesome, and <laughs> I was so stoked to sign up and help him uh, get it off the ground just in any way I could. And, yeah, super hyped for the season. It's my last year, U23, so try and do some good things. Nice. Um, you have a, a very... Very, very Dutch name. Yes. <laughs> what's going What's going on with the Dutch name? Um, so my parents are from the Netherlands. Uh, they moved to the U.S. about 25 years ago. Had my brother and I, and uh, we growing up in the U.S., but we both have Dutch passports too and speak are fluent in Dutch. So, yeah, I'm a little bit American and Dutch, uh, so I guess it kind of works with the cyclocross. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'd keep that American passport. Uh, just it might yeah. be a little easier to make national teams sometimes. Yeah. Not that you're not good, but yeah. just the Netherlands is like it's a, it's, it's a whole other ball game over there. Yeah. Is it part of why you chose cyclocross, like your heritage? No, and, no, not no. Even, my huh? parents like were never really into it. My dad watched the World Championships occasionally, okay. but like, I mean, they we rode bikes a lot growing up. I mean, yeah. it's what Dutch people do, but. Yeah, they never were super into bike racing or anything like that. So it's kind of just a coincidence, which is pretty cool. Nice. And I know you probably got a bag or a luggage full of stuff in the past couple of weeks. What's your favorite bit of new equipment? You guys have amazing partners. What is the, the one thing that you're like, yeah, that's great? I think the new Vision wheels are really sweet. I mean, just kind of once you get on the bike and they just, like you start pedaling, you just start going. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> These are nice. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Jules. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Hey, Kaya had something she wanted to add. Her favorite bit of equipment is? The Cervelo Cyclocross bike. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay, turns out we have the third rider right away from the team. Okay, Sid, calm the fuck down. Calm the fuck down, Sid. You gotta relax. You gotta fucking sit so nervous. You gotta chill. You guys, you should see your hands right now. <laughs> the third rider on this team, she is the oldest rider of the team. So, mom, we should call her mom from now on. <laughs> um, familiar, very familiar to Mags and I, Sid McGill. Sid, tell us what's up. What's up with the team? What's up with you? What's up with your season? What's up? Relax, relax. First, relax. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Deep breaths. Um, what's up? It's, I mean, first weekend here with the team. It's been awesome. Everyone's great. The bikes, the Cervelo bikes are great. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been really fun and uh, excited for another race today. Yeah. Nice. nice. This, um, I, I, I've known about this whole thing happening for about a year now. I guess this has been a long time in the making uh, for Chris. And he, he mentioned from the very beginning, the first conversation we had about this team, he said, man, I really wish we could have Sid McGill on the team. And, and so now Sid McGill's on the team. So do you think you're Chris's favorite? Ooh. <laughs> I have right to... in front of you. <laughs> right in front of the Chris is giving me the smiles too. <laughs> I have to say, I believe Kai and Jules both know him better as I'm the Canadian who hasn't done any U.S. camps with him. But everyone's been great. I'll, I'll try and work my way up through the ranks, but it's okay. <laughs> awesome. Uh, we'll finish this with the same question uh, I asked the, the two other riders. 
Uh, you got a bunch of new stuff lately. You're, you're right now wearing a whole new kit. What is uh, your favorite bit of equipment? The one that you're like, oh, yeah, that's great. That I'll, I'll keep in a box and I'll keep it for even when I'm not on the team anymore in 10 years. This is something I'm keeping. I mean, I believe this answer has been given before, but Cervelo bikes, I, I said earlier, it's literally, I think it's my dream bike. So hard to beat. Also, when I put the kit on, I was stoked. You it, guys look good. Yeah. it looks so it good and it fits like it's so comfy. So the donkey label kit, 10 out of 10. And then the bikes awesome great like yeah lost for words apparently all of a sudden <laughs> not too nervous we're good we're still good sit still under control uh short story to wrap this up we so mag's been a very a true professional a paid professional for over 10 years now and every year every year she gets oh this is the nicest piece of equipment i got this year and she keeps a few bits and pieces in a tupperware bin in the basement But that bin, like, we almost need a second house for the bin because the bin's getting filled and big and big and big. And there's shit in there that's, like, dried, you know, the elastic. It was a nice piece of equipment 10 years ago. But now all the elastics have dried and, like, it's, it's not anymore. Today I'll have to pay for it? Like, I'll never buy something that nice. So, like, I'm just keeping all the best stuff like, in what's, a box. What's, what's in this box? Well, for example, like, the... Like long winter bibs, you know that I su super high quality. The Rafa ones are like awesome, so I have like a few of those. Uh, some special, like really nicely made winter jacket or rain jacket that, like, if you buy it, it's like 500 bucks. And now they're there and they're free, and so I'm just keeping them for when I'm old and yeah. retired. <laughs> I definitely, I, I hold on to some kit. I have a piece of kit from every like jersey team or whatever. And like souvenir. souvenir of it yeah. all, plus then some of the extra warm stuff. The winter riding gear is yeah. it's handy. It's comes handy. in handy. <laughs> awesome. Well, I think you should keep that bike too because the bikes are looking great and um, I'm sure they're top quality. So thanks, Sid. Thank you. <laughs>